Welcome to SL Advisors Talks Energy. I'm Simon Lack. At SL Advisors, we invest in energy infrastructure. We read about energy. We talk to people in the energy sector. We write about energy. We explore how the shale revolution is leading to American energy independence and how climate change is impacting how energy is produced and used. Nothing we say should be construed as a sale of securities, which can only be made through the relevant prospectus. In this week's podcast, I'm going to discuss the critical role of natural gas in fighting climate change. The consequences of our failure to get to grips with the climate emergency everywhere. Record heat waves, devastating wildfires, floods and droughts. And these challenges are only going to get worse. That's the UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres warning that time is running out on climate change. The most frustrating thing about this whole debate is that climate extremists want to impose their dystopian vision on the rest of us. This is because they think the whole world can run on solar panels and windmills, and they ignore the world's biggest emitter, which is China. Climate Action Tracker, which is a website that monitors emissions by country, gives China its lowest possible rating. China is planning to increase its CO2 emissions over the next decade because they want to raise living standards. There's a clear link between rising living standards, which means greater life expectancy, and increased energy use, which is understandable. But China also burns half the world's coal. So I don't see why we in the US should be asked to buy into this fanciful vision of the Green New Deal, which relies on hope that everything can run on solar and wind, when it clearly can't, especially because rich countries are able to deal with the effects of climate change much better than poorer ones. Alex Epstein makes the interesting case that developing countries should focus on first raising their living standards and worry about the effects of climate change when they're richer and better able to cope. Much of Holland is below sea level and they've learned to live with it because they can afford to. The reality is that the solutions are already here. That's Catherine Hayhoe, Climate Science Center Director at Texas Tech. What I always find amazing is the way people preach to us that renewables are so reliable and cheap that we should be using more. Obviously, if that was true, we'd already be living in a world run on renewables. They don't know that 70% of new electricity being installed around the world now is clean energy. They're unaware that solar energy plus storage is actually cheaper than natural gas in California. I wonder how they feel about that in California because the power only goes out when you really need it. High temperatures in California have shown up the unreliability of their power network. The state with the biggest percentage of its electricity coming from renewables also has among the highest electricity prices in the country, around 40% above the national average, and it has the least reliable electricity too. The thing is renewables can work if we can get away from this ideological purity which says that we have to be 100% renewables. It's not always sunny and windy. And in most parts of America, power demand is highest at breakfast and dinner when people are starting and ending their day, while solar output is highest during the middle of the day. The sensible solution is to use renewables when they are there and to use natural gas for power when they're not. Storing power in batteries just adds another layer of complexity and cost. Williams Companies runs an extensive natural gas pipeline network. Their CEO, Alan Armstrong, was recently at a conference organized by Barclays. And the way to reduce emissions 
right here, right now, not dreaming about what technology might be available in the future, but right here and right now, the way to make that happen is to combine renewables uh, with natural gas fire generation. This is a company that's part of the solution. Natural gas complements renewables because it's always there. Fortunately, we haven't heard much from high school dropout Greta lately. No more lectures. I've had enough of those. The International Energy Agency is forecasting CO2 emissions will be down 8% this year. This is six times the previous biggest drop, which was in 2009 following the financial crisis. It clearly wasn't planned, and the blame lies with the pandemic, but it has brought us some time. Those who are forecasting the end of the world in a decade should acknowledge that forecasting isn't easy. But what would really make sense is a bit more pragmatism around the debate. Power companies are already using natural gas to ensure reliable power so we don't all have to live like California. Thank you for listening to SL Advisors Talks Energy. To find more episodes like this one, go to our website, sl-advisors.com. There you can sign up for our blog, watch videos and webinars. Follow us on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Twitter at Simon Lack.